Hello, saucers, and welcome to episode 26 of the Sauce Podcast. This week, Arash Almasi is back on the sauce for more on DEI. Arash first came to the sauce on episode 23, where he talked a lot about and educated all of us more on DEI. This week, he's back to discuss how you can start to educate yourself and kind of give you, gives us all tips and tricks on how to get more involved and curious around DEI. Arash always brings such good energy and knowledge and has been a huge help to me personally on my DEI journey. Thank you, Arash. Tune in and we hope you enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Sauce Podcast, where you will meet your hosts, Molly McKinstry and me, Liz Hajar. We are two colleagues turned friends who have worked together at the same company for nearly 10 years. Molly and I were born three weeks apart on opposite coasts of the U.S. And while we are nearly the same age, today our personal lives are quite different. And while we share the same job title at work, our paths to getting there have been quite different. Join us each week on the Sauce Podcast where we will share tips, tricks, and lessons we've learned together over the last 10 years. We both say it's our shared values of hard work to always do our best with a little bit of za that has led us to both our friendship and professional success. We hope you tune in each week, enjoy, and have a little bit of fun with us along the way. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Maul. So good to see you. And I am thrilled because we have Arash back this week for our second episode on DEI. Such a good one. Oh, yep. Arash is back for episode two. Second time guest. I know. And I think hopefully uh, the saucers, you really love this kind of second round with Arash. It's it's really just a deeper dive into our initial conversation around DEI. I think we focus more here on actionable ways yeah. to, you know, strengthen our own allyship, our own education, what steps we can take. And I just again really appreciated his perspective and lots of good advice. Yeah. And I feel like our first episode was a lot about like, what is, and let's explore and understand DE&I. Um, and this one's like nuggets that you can take and things to think about and how to how to get more involved, et cetera. So it was a fun conversation. Arash is always wonderful, very educational, and just like such a good person. So a wonderful um, time. So everybody, we're going to let, we're going to dive right in. So just remember before you uh, do, as you're doing this week, be bold. Be bold and always eat dessert. Enjoy the ep and the interview. Bye, all. Bye, saucers. Arash, welcome back. We are thrilled to have more time with you today. And saucers, for those that um, had a chance to listen to our first episode and interview with Arash, D-E-N-I-1, part one, you know, that was really focused on the workforce, the workplace rather. What is diversity, equity, and inclusion looking like for organizations? What are resource groups that you know you can get involved in, and how you as an employee may be able to, you know, take advantage and, and further educate yourself about what your organization is doing. Today, we want to personalize it even to the next level outside of work necessarily, just life and, and being a human, being a person. How can you deepen your 
own education uh, around the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion, what being an ally means, what resources are available to you on your journey. So we're just going to keep the real talk going, vulnerabilities uh, and all. And we are thrilled, Arash, you are here to help us do that. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm so excited. This is uh, such an uh, important ongoing dialogue, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to go a layer deeper here with you all. And uh, it's uh, it's it's really fun. And uh, you know, this is it's it's critical work, but it's also uh, something that we can all take deep joy in participating in. Love that, Arash. And I think that exactly as you said, this is a continued conversation. We are all always educating ourselves and learning on this topic. Some may be experts, um, but also we're learning and that's okay to be a little vulnerable as we learn um, on this topic specifically and in all things. But maybe we'll kick it off. So to get into, as Molly said, Today, as us people, as the saucers are listening to this, Arash, if someone's sitting here and saying, okay, DEI, like, heard it, thank you for that first episode, got a little bit more education on what it is and what it looks like, but possibly someone sitting here saying, okay, how do I understand what my privilege is? And how do I even begin knowing and seeing what that is? And then from there, how do I become an ally to any of my friends, counterparts, anyone in my life that might be, have a differing underprivilege than I do, different privilege than I do. Yeah. It's a great question because we talk about these really big ideas where, you know, we're talking about institutional racism. We're talking about societal obstacles to entry and careers. And so it's like these large grand problems and we sort of almost get like paralysis by analysis. And we're like, yeah, we're, you know, spiritually, we're on board. We want to, you know, make change. Yes. But how does that translate into the micro level in our day to day lives, and and how we change our behavior to acknowledge our privilege and and show up for our colleagues and friends who, like you said, may not have that same level of privilege. So I want to take like a, a pause here. This is going to sound like a detour, but it's really not. I promise. Stay with me. Let's get metaphysical here for a moment. I in quantum physics, scientists have identified that. Um, like the observer, our consciousness, like actually impacts our physical reality around us. Like at the atomic level, electrons quite literally behave differently um, at, when they know that someone's watching. It's this uh, experiment called the double slit experience uh, experiment. They sh uh, scientists shoot an electron at a wall with two gaps in it, and instead of going in one or the other on the other side of the wall uh, through that through those gaps, there's another wall on the back, and there's like an interference pattern as if it was going through both holes at the same time. And scientists are like, that's not possible. So they place the camera to see like which one it actually goes through. And when they placed the camera, the electron actually changed its behavior and started going through only one gap in the hole. And mm -hmm. so it proved like to scientists that we are actually like breaking down our reality and we're reality is not separate from us and so all of this is to say like this goofy spooky stuff that's happening at the very tiniest level of like the basic building blocks of the universe all of this to say is you can and are making an impact in your day-to-day -day reality every single day and so will you use that opportunity every moment where you're built you're breaking down waves of potentiality into you know existence uh, all around you 
are you using that consciousness to positively impact the world around you by being an anti-racist or will you let others determine our collective reality for us? And so I think that's the question that folks should be asking themselves. So where do we start? Right. That's a very big uh, statement uh, and challenge that we've sort of laid at the feet of the saucers. And so uh, we I think we pause and we breathe and we look inwards and we ask ourselves, how do we truly feel about this topic? And so I think that's where the skill sets of self-awareness. Um, I personally use tools like meditation, uh, others, you know, prayer, journalism, uh, journaling. Um, having really honest dialogue with people you trust or in your circle to really uh, work on identifying, you know, do you feel uncomfortable with this topic? Why do you feel uncomfortable? Um, I think last time we met, we talked about how it's almost you know, right to feel uncomfortable with some of these issues. Um, and we want to tackle them. And, um, you know, I think a lot of us also, you know, uh, shout out to your last episode, which I completely resonated with imposter syndrome. We want to, you know, act, but we feel like, you know, maybe we haven't done the work to come mm -hmm. from a place of authority here. And so like, we want to be authentic, but also make an impact. And so I think it's really critical that we balance those two polar, um, opposites and, and just want to make sure that, um, you know, like we put the work in. So what does that mean? I think, um, for us, uh, it's really about understanding, acknowledging, confronting your own privileges and even like your own obstacles that you've overcome, right? Like it's really about just reflecting on your life and, and maybe examining certain situations in your past with a new lens um, and seeing, you know, like here were the two or three times where I feel like I've overcome uh, certain obstacles that were societal or institutional. And then you can start to almost develop this feeling of like, oh, actually, I kind of like can relate to a lot of people's struggles. And you you sort of are able to come at it from a perspective of like, actually, I have experienced some things that I wasn't aware that I had previously had to overcome. Or, you know what, it could be the opposite of like, wow, you know, I, I had such privilege in certain areas where I can see now that others are struggling and I didn't, and I had like easy access to opportunities. And, um, and even like journaling those things out and like mapping out your life to date and being like, here's where I can relate. Here's where I know I've had privilege. Um, and then using that as your baseline, baseline foundation, um, in addition to just the work that you're doing in, in understanding others and the education aspect of it as well. Make great, Arash, and thank you. And I think understanding privilege is I've done a couple DEI workshops, and you know, we kind of in the workshop, they actually have us take a list of 20 common areas of where you could have privilege or non privilege. And I'll just say an example is gender, and it was female, male, and um, on that specific gender, I don't they didn't they just kind of called out male, female, and they said female under you know, less privilege, male is privileged. Is there anywhere that somebody who's sitting here, they might, somebody could be listening saying, <clears throat> I, I'm not very privileged. I'm not. But if they actually went and did that workshop, they might go, whoa, I have a lot more privilege than I realize. Is there anything that you could point someone to to help them understand like what privilege they're sitting in today? Yeah, it's, um, I think it's, you know, that's a great call out. I think understanding the various factors that have led you to where you are today, um, in terms of things like socioeconomic status, 
um, your whether you uh, got to where you are through um, you know working your way up the chain of ladder, or did you um, initially you know start from an Ivy League school and immediately went into an executive role right after college? Like, were you a Goldman Sachs executive right out the gate, or you know just the, it, determining like these major gates of your life and how you got there, and um, and really being like critical and and taking a you know very objective perspective i think a lot of us you know there's this feeling of like hey i earned it right like i didn't nobody handed this to me i didn't have any privilege um but when you when you think about the larger grander scheme of like were your parents able to get a mortgage in a nice neighborhood to send you to a good school like did your uh you know parents have to work like 80 hours a week like or were they working 120 hours a week combined and so you know did they have the ability to mentor you after school like some of these things that a lot of us take for granted um you know it's it's not the case with a lot of others and so i think um that being said i i do think there's validity to you know this concept of like hey i think um uh, meritocracy is 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 very valid. I think people people's performance is just as important as um, sort of their uh, you know where they essentially like their perspective. Um, and I think like the two needs to be balanced. But I, I essentially believe that um, a, a person's socioeconomic background and um, you know how they got to where they are. Uh, is will deeply shape how they approach this topic. Fair. And I think that's a great example, Arash, about privilege. And I think you kind of talked a little bit about it as you were talking. There's like about perspective and taking a deep breath and just understand everything around you. Because you might have just rattled off a couple ideas about ways to look at privilege that maybe somebody listening to this is might go, I didn't ever even think about thinking about my parents being able to have a mortgage in a nice neighborhood as a privilege, is privilege potentially. So I think it's just the perspective and continuing that education that helps people understand your current privilege. Um, and I think that's important to have that perspective. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's a great summary, Liz. Also, Arash, again, just such such good, real, very like organic examples um, that all of us experience in our daily lives, but we may not, again, sit and really reflect and realize wow, these things that occurred for me in my life personally are actually examples of privilege. And it it does even just kind of pull for me some conversations we've had here previously around trusting good intent, you know, being comfortable, being vulnerable, listening not to be right, but to truly learn, you know, and all of this for me is like connective tissue through this topic now, because for some reason, it feels like the default human reaction can be, you know, like defensive or discomfort or feeling challenged when, you know, we're getting information that makes us uncomfortable. And I, I just feel like this, this topic is such an important one and one that we need to realize is, is okay to feel uncomfortable. It's okay that like you're stretching and you're, you're feeling, you know, you're, you're out of your, of your comfort zone. That's what, we need to do, you know, to make progress and to further educate ourselves. Yeah, it's it's so much about like 
being human and um it's it's about having the right intent and like expressing that you know just trying like honestly just trying puts you above 80 percent of the pack like it's so easy to forget that you know we are often in environments where we're on people who are really supportive of this topic who are um you know doing the work to listen to educate themselves and we think that's the status quo but really um I think the people who are doing this work, both as DEI practitioners as well as leaders who are taking the initiative to incorporate this work into their day to day, you know, are, are still largely in the minority. Um, yeah, I know it's very true. Well, maybe we can spend just a few moments on education and and resources specifically because I think you know what we've just highlighted is you need to become aware. You need to become aware. You need to really take stock a little bit of your life, your privilege relative to maybe others and those around you. But once you've done that, you know, we got we got to do the work, right? We have to learn and we have to educate ourselves. So I'd love if you have some, you know, kind of either go to favorite resources you've utilized or you think that the audience here may benefit from from hearing about. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it's important that, uh, you know, the goal of this education and um, and exposing yourself to new voices and, and new information um, isn't just to learn for learning's sake, but to develop a perspective to really understand, like, what do you think about all this knowledge that you've now gained? Um, what will you do about it? Um, and so, um, really, you know, it comes down to uh, you know, finding the right the the right historical context and the right voices that can you know explain and describe that situation or that historical context. Um, and I'm I'm personally not like a prolific reader, um, like a lot of folks who like commit to like a book a month. But I will say that some of the some of the books and the voices that have been really deeply meaningful for me in my education is How to Be an Anti Racist by Brain Kendi. Um, and the new Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, and so you want to talk about race um, by Eljoma uh, uh, Alo. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm butchering her name, but uh, uh, you essentially you should find the perspective or voice that I think resonates with you personally. There are a lot of uh, there's a lot of media out there. Um, for me, I, I think confronting my own privilege was really important through this process and what it allowed me to understand is just because I've been an ally to some in the community doesn't mean that I've been an ally to all. And that even I have like privilege, like I'm an Iranian American, but I'm fairly light skinned and I'm like, I'm passable as a white and I have like passing privilege. Um, You know, like people can mistake me for like Italian or whatever, like it, it can happen. Um, And so I just have to like really understand that for me personally, like Hassan Minhaj was uh, a, a voice that resonated with me just because he he looked like me and he talked like me and um, it was someone who like uh, approached this topic from kind of the same angle that I did and in confronting his own uh, privilege and he did a segment um, on his show uh, Patriot Act after the murder of George Floyd that helped me to uh, confront subconsciously like embedded racism within my own family and the Iranian American community like just you know the fact that um, 
you know, it was a Middle Eastern man that called the cops on George Floyd. And it was, you know, just certain things that um, that specifically we as immigrants benefited, excuse me, benefited directly from the work of Martin Luther King. And, um, you know, we wouldn't have the Immigration Act if it wasn't for the Civil Rights Act. And, um, you know, there's certain things that, you know, th- this level of education in terms of like your background, your history, how is it, you know, what's the context of society that you're you're working in and, and how did you get to where you are um, and beyond just like the surface level, you individually. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I think as you're going through that process, it's really critical that you do not put the burden of this guidance on your acquaintances of color. Um, you know, they're not your personal Sherpas. <laughs> We're, uh, you know, like despite our well intentions, this place is really unfair emotional labor at the feet of those who are already carrying the heaviest of burdens in this area. Um, and I think everyone really is responsible for their own development here. And so um, the onus is on you to, to reach out, to educate, to build bridges, not the other way around. So powerful and important. And I, I really hope that people, you know, listen and, and take that. It is on us. It is ours to be accountable to and to own and, you know, to start the process, start the conversation. I, I think such a good reminder. It is not the burden of others to to help us, you know, get educated here. Exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, it's... Um, it's really important, I think, for us to continue this work. It, it reflects both in the personal and in the work life, the professional life as well. So I think uh, it's hard to separate one or the other. Yeah. And I think that I can speak specifically at work. There's been more focus on DE&I. And I think that that has helped open my eye. You know what I mean? Like I you know, might say that I thought I was so educated on it and I was a very uh, an ally. But I think the more and more work that I've done at Glassdoor as well as at High Spot has helped me kind of – it's also helped me in my personal life start seeing things, giving me different perspective and realizing my privilege and, and my need for education in certain areas. So I guess, Arash, my question to you is – I'd love to have the conversation around – how do you foster a culture around you of DEI? And that could be in the workplace as well as in personal. And as you just said, they're not really separate because as you educate yourself, it's kind of your whole being. But I guess what would how would you speak to that if someone's sitting here saying, I want to embrace more of this, I want to have this culture around me? How do they how what does that look like? How do they do that? Yeah. Um, first I would say, you know, we do spend so much of our time at work. So um, you know to who and to what mission we dedicate our most precious, most precious asset to our time, um, you know, we should really reflect. And for those of us who have the privilege to, we have to examine if the people around us are aligned with our values. And you're seeing some of this reflection occur today in the great resignation, right? Like um, there was a recent study uh, said toxic culture was rated as the number one reason for people leaving um, in a recent like Sloan MIT Culture 500 study uh, where they actually looked at the text of like 1.4 million Glassdoor reviews actually uh, of uh, employees who had recently resigned. Um, And so I think there are, uh, as folks who are just taking like the first few steps into how to implement this, 
um, in both in their personal life as well as in their in their work life, there are really like really basic, inexpensive, uncontroversial activities that they can start implementing that don't require like a lot of budget or you know a lot of approvals from various different parts of an organization. Uh, people can start acting on these uh, and make DEI a really approachable topic. So like a lot of these activities are sort of the on-ramp to a more strategic impact at an organization or in your own life. Um, and so if you are in a position to influence how things are done, um, consider radically moving away from how we've always done it and, and just in your personal life and, and just like maybe like volunteer in an organization that you maybe wouldn't have otherwise thought of volunteering. Um, you know, put your kids in public schools for a semester. I don't, you know, that's, I'm not a parent. I don't know the implications of that, but, um, <laughs> you know, like maybe like show up to a, a parent teacher conference and, and, you know, advocate for, um, you know, like, different topics to be brought up in classroom settings to start that education with your children early, um, you know, advocate for the, the continued civil rights movement on the political front. Like there's still work to be done in terms of uh, voting rights, for example. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, much of this work that's going on in, in this space at the corporate level um, you know, when I stepped into Glassdoor, for example, like I think much of what I can share in terms of what's actionable, I can, you know, essentially I'm, I'm bringing much of my experience at Glassdoor having, you know, started from, a, 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 you know, a very skeletal framework. I think much of the work that was going on at Glassdoor was already occurring thanks to the wonderful work of groups like Wing and Pride. Um, didn't really feel like we need to, needed to reinvent the wheel. We just basically created a skeletal outline of you know the why behind what we were doing, and and myself and and Jamie Marie Robinson, um, who was a very you know the, the co-chair co-founder of of our group uh, called Dice, which stood for again diversity, inclusion, community, and equity uh, in 2016. Um, this the vision is systematically up leveled with like we we were able to advocate for. Uh, Glassdoor to bring in like a head of diversity and inclusion and formalize the program at the chief people officer level. Um, so, but we didn't start there. This is actually where we started was um, just very, very basic things that uh, are the building blocks that people can act on today. So what are those things? Let me cut to the chase. Uh, um, one is um, focusing on internally fostering a culture of inclusion, like bringing people together, building transparency. What can we do right now internally? Um, and that's things like, you know, create ERGs, uh, employee resource groups um, organized around common values or identities, bring those people together and just start talking to each other. Start, you know, working on um, events, for example, like, um, you know, what we did at Glassdoor is we, we, we held these sort of uh, potlucks um, and fireside, uh, you know, chats with, uh, you know, people from these ERGs just sharing their story and um, exposing people to different perspectives. Uh, we also, you know, had uh, a lot of education and guest speakers come in. We were able to bring in experts in our networks, just internal and external leaders at the organization as well. Um, we championed for uh, the company to do a demographic survey of the employees to be able to start customizing some benefits. But we at least just wanted them to start collecting that information. Um, so that's that's one column. I think there's a second column of work that's more externally focused that are, um, you know, easy things that you know we can implement today that are really 
around the public action statements of the company, symbols um, that represent the company, um, shape how your organization is perceived by the public in relation to DEI. Um, so things like recruiting, um, things like um, your rep representation in the public sphere. Um, so not just like your careers page, but you know, look at all of your public representation, your website, your videos, your ads. Um, you know, who are you, you know, representing and how are you representing yourself? Um, and specifically around like the recruiting component, um, that's a very like deep well that we can drill into just, you know, on an episode by itself. But, um, you know, just very quickly, like, where are you advertising? How are you advertising? Are you specializing your message? Um, what resources are you committing to sourcing specific candidates? Um, just asking yourself very, very high level questions. Um, uh, and then lastly, I think just community focused, right? We talked about in the last episode, think globally, act locally. Um, what can you do in, in your you know, community right now to make an impact? And I think that's things like, um, again, organizing volunteer activities, um, well, you know, perhaps even giving people volunteer time off specifically um, around DEI focused organizations. Um, you know, creating more internship opportunities, job training opportunities, paid internship opportunities specifically um, will help folks from underprivileged communities uh, be able to step into and create entryways into your organization. So even like job training opportunities, um, you know, working with organizations like Black Girls Code, Year Up, Bridge My Return for veterans, like there's a lot um, that you can potentially uh, get the ball rolling on in your organization. So that was a lot. I just dropped a ton of knowledge and uh, we can drill in into any of those areas. I, the Thank you for dropping a ton of knowledge. That is the, the goal of this conversation. I mean, I think again, for anyone listening, the the obvious takeaway, if, if you've come to this dialogue with little to no, you know, um, former or previous action, and that's okay if that if that's you, right? That's why we're having this conversation and we're going to work together to help everyone act. You know, I think what we just heard is there are ways to show up and deepen your own allyship and deepen your own education in all facets of our lives, right? I mean, we were talking about parent-teacher conference. We were talking about recruiting new employees and colleagues. We were talking about, I mean, just all components of life. And um, I, again, the, the one of the biggest takeaways for me as I am also on my journey of deepening my own allyship and awareness is no, like no, be, accept your vulnerabilities, accept the things that right now feel uncomfortable or like a stretch to you, but agree or commit to do one thing to further educate yourself, right? Like do, do one thing that you haven't done before. Um, if that, if that is, you know, how to be an anti-racist reading that book, or if it is getting up to speed on, on some of the kind of political, um, laws and and policies that have always existed in you know either your your state or even federally that are not helping us progress in these areas just like do something right because we got to start somewhere uh, and i think on the long list that you just went through for us arash that's that's what i heard don't feel yeah. like you have nothing you can do cuz you can make an impact 
Exactly. It's it's so much like I think the underlying theme of of everything that I just sort of uh, explained was like do things differently, try mm-hmm. new things, yeah. and um, challenge the status quo, um, and uh, find new areas to stretch yourself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Do things differently. That's, that's gotta be a hashtag somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Well, maybe as we kind of round out here, because we have given you all so much. And again, Arash, just thank you for sharing your vulnerabilities and perspectives and just your, your honest kind of journey, both personally, and then as an advocate and as an ally. Um, Let's summarize what are the biggest three takeaways from this conversation? If you 30 minutes in are asking, okay, where do I start? Let's summarize those three things. What are they? Absolutely. I would say number one, education and self-reflection. Yeah. Um, under, like essentially spend some time examining your life, uh, who you are, how you've gotten here and expose yourself to new information and voices that you previously have not taken into consideration. Yeah. Um, number two is put yourself in positions and scenarios that make you uncomfortable, that stretch you to start putting into practice some of the lessons that you've supposedly learned yeah. throughout the, the the education and self-reflection component. So things like, you know, volunteering at a soup kitchen, yeah. um, doing things that you may be, you know, exposing yourself to situations and people that make you uncomfortable. Um, thirdly, I think is like build bridges with those folks, like listen to them, um, find people within those situations that, um, challenge your status quo and the way you thought uh, previously and, and just, um, you know, uh, take the time to sit down and, and truly listen and hear how folks got to where they are. And that'll help you uncover, um, you know, your own privilege as well and, um, and start to really advocate for others. I think the, the more uh, we get to know each other and uh, mm. the, the less it's a scary unknown, the more we will care for each other. Um, and build, uh, you know, the ties that bind us all, which are our humanity and our shared collective desire for everyone to be happy and healthy and grow uh, personally and professionally. Ah, oh, so good. Hashtag do things differently, right? That's bizarre <laughs> for me too, but educate yourself and stretch yourself and build bridges. That's, that is how you can become a, a stronger ally to people in your lives and to your point, just humans um, on the journey of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Well, Arash, thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness. I just, every time I talk to you, I feel like I learned so much and am reminded again of just the importance of this work and, and kind of like the honor of being, I don't know, like being able to to help make the progress in in such an important area like this. So thank you. Thank you for being here. I have a feeling this may not be the last of <laughs> hearing from you. So just we so appreciate your your time and your perspective. Yeah. Thank you so much, Molly and Liz. Really appreciate the opportunity. You nailed it. It's an honor and a privilege to to have this conversation with you all. And um, you know, you guys are tremendous leaders and I'm really excited to uh to continue this uh, this ongoing work, this never-ending never journey ending. that we're all on.
Thank you for tuning in to the Sauce Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our personal anecdotes and biz tips and tricks we shared today. If you wouldn't mind subscribing and or following the podcast on any platform or leaving a one-line review of the podcast, it helps us out tremendously. Thank you, thank you. Molly and I would also like to state that everything stated on this podcast is our own opinions and it's not shared on the behalf of others or on our employers. Thank you.